This week has been kind of an intense week. I've been uh, thinking a lot about the whole situation in the Ukraine, even though it's so far away. And I just, uh, the reason I think about it a lot is because I'm, I'm leading a Bible study every Tuesday night with a bunch of Russian recovery guys in the recovery house, just like two hour drive from the Ukrainian border. And, uh, and so I'm, I'm, it's in Russian every week, you know, I got a Russian interpreter and he's from Siberia. I met him in the jail, reported. so it's this crazy connection that I have. And uh, I even brought on some people from Skagit County onto the call, I mean, onto the Zoom, Zoom session and had them share. So uh, anyway, so I'm, I'm dealing with Russians all the time. And, uh, and I, we were in Czechoslovakia, not Czechoslovakia, Hungary, just kind of on the border almost with Ukraine um, over the summer. So I can imagine this place. And uh, I, uh, I really am disturbed by the, the way that uh, the media is, you know, sort of rallying you know, kind of stirring people up and, you know, the government and different, there's different players out there, right? The president of the Ukraine is uh, trying to put pressure on everybody to come to their help, right? And uh, today Russia, you know, got its uh, nuclear arsenal all ready to kind of, I mean, all ready to activate. And, uh, you know, because Western Europe and America were sending all these weapons to fund the people of Ukraine who were just, uh, completely outnumbered by the Russians. And so it's like, we're being sucked into this potential World War III. And, uh, and there's people that are Ukrainians thinking, I gotta go back and I've never shot a gun, but I'm gonna defend my country. And, you know, there's a, there's a, a, there's a lot of patriotism in, uh, in the Ukraine and, and a lot of shaming, like, okay, thanks for the weapons, but why don't you guys send your, you know, send your troops? And, uh, and, you know, there's pressure on people to, uh, you know, to get involved in, you know, fight in a war. And, uh, and I just, uh, I resist that. I, um, I feel bad for the people of Ukraine and I'm sad for all the Russians. There's all these stories of Russian young soldiers that are, you know, that are being, uh, that have taken their life, they've lost their lives. And a lot of them are, don't even know why they're there. They didn't know they were even going there. And I'm imagining, you know, 20, 21 year old, 25 year old young people, you know, like when my kids were that age or, I mean, you know, in the Ukraine right now, there's anyone who's between 18 and 60 pretty much has to, you know, pressure, massive pressure to sign up and to go to war. Okay. And it's like against Russia. I mean, that's like, that's like they're massively outnumbered and um, it's like going to your death. Right. And so um, is that what they should do? just because the country is uh, their own country? Is that what they should do is give their life for the country? Is that what our lives are for? It's just to give our lives for some piece of land? I don't believe it is for anyone who follows Jesus. I think we're called to something different. And so I wanted to read something about how Jesus, when he was uh, with his disciples, they were all like, oh, isn't the temple amazing? It's a big building. It's the, you know, um, it was amazing, I'm sure. But uh, Jesus says, do you see all these things? Truly, I say to you, not one stone will be left upon another, which will not be torn down. So Jesus wasn't calling for the defense of, of Jerusalem, of the temple, you know, the most sacred, you know, sort of building in the world. He didn't call for anyone to defend it. He just said, it's, there's not going to be one stone left upon another. 
And then he goes on, because um, his disciples say, well, when's that going to happen, Jesus? Like, and Jesus answered and said to them, see to it that no one misleads you. For many will come in my name, saying, I am the Christ, and will mislead many. You um, will be hearing of wars and rumors of wars. Um, but you are not to be frightened, for those things must take place. But that is not yet the end, for nation will rise up against nation and kingdoms against kingdoms, and in various places there will be famines and earthquakes. But all these things are merely the beginnings of the birth pangs. So it's like Jesus, Jesus is like alerting us to the reality that our world is, it's, it's, getting, it's going to be getting worse, not better. Okay, So we see signs of that right now. You know, things are getting worse, not better. And so uh, does that mean we should all get armed and go to war? And uh, I mean, no, if we're followers of Jesus, that's that's not what Jesus calls us to. He doesn't call us to, you know, to get all involved in violent conflict. We have another, a whole other agenda. That's Jesus' agenda. I mean, look, Jesus came when the Roman Empire, there was a thug empire that controlled all of Europe and all of North Africa, all over the place, Middle East. You know, he never called for them to be overthrown or never called for anyone to take up arms against them. You know, he was like pretty much under the radar doing his work in the midst of it all. So um, anyway, so then he goes on. Then they will deliver you to tribulation and will kill you. So that's not even a justification to take up arms. Jesus is saying that they're going to, you know, they're going to arrest you and, and even kill you, us. And you will be hated by all nations because of my name. Okay, that doesn't justify killing either, right? Even if you've got all the haters hating on you. Um, at that time, many will fall away and will betray one another and hate one another. Okay, wow. So even amongst the believers, that's going to happen. Wow, is that ever happening right now? Democrats hating Republicans, Republicans hating Democrats. It's like exactly what scripture says. And people that are about some ideology or some party, yeah, they're going to find all kinds of reasons to hate. But followers of Jesus were called to be about the kingdom of God, which is another completely other realm of existence and reality that is that we're called to pledge our allegiance to. Many false prophets will arise and will mislead many. Wow, is that ever happening? There are so many false prophets in doing things in the name of Jesus. Pure garbage, you know, and you got to watch out. Okay, because lawlessness is increased most people's love will grow cold. You guys see that happening? Now, the word lawlessness is kind of a weird word. It's, we would think it might just mean like speeding and stealing and, you know, uh, like the laws of the land, you know, not um, whatever that might be. But the word is a really um, deeper word than that. It's the word anomia, which means without without law but um but it can mean you know just being disoriented and not following um the way of god that's primarily what it means right it's just doing what is on your own mind and heart to do and not paying attention to the instructions from of, of god through scripture and through just the living word of god the voice of god right it's, it's ignoring um and it can be either ignorant we can be ignorant that we're doing it or knowingly violating it and uh, so Jesus says lawlessness will increase and the love most people's love will grow cold 
But then it says, um, but the one who endures to the end will be saved. So the ones who endure the lawlessness, you know, the, the wars, the persecution, the hating, the being hated, the being, um, you know, accused of being gossiped about, um, you know, the, the violence, the, just the relapsing, the, you know, the struggles, right? The ones who endure all that to the end will be saved. And then look what Jesus says. This gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in the whole world. So see, that's the whole purpose of our existence is to proclaim the, this gospel of the kingdom of God in the whole world. Okay, so not just here, everywhere, in Ukraine, in Russia, in Europe, in Mexico, in Canada, here, everywhere, everywhere, everywhere. That's our role. And so um, if we're part of a nation, that national identity comes under our heavenly identity, way, way under, way under. Okay, and so it's super dangerous when we let our national identity become too stirred up and our racial, ethnic identity, all that stuff. It's our identity as children of the Father of Jesus, children of God. That's the identity that we got to keep remembering, right? And when we, and that'll allow us to endure uh, right to the end and, and experience salvation. And the word salvation there, saved, means heal too. So so it's a word that means like to be, to be, uh, um, to escape dangers in this world, okay? To be healed to be rescued means all these things rescuing being rescued being uh getting out of trouble um being healed and it means eternal salvation it means all those things in this world and in the next it's a huge word so so super cool so um so this this uh this gospel of the kingdom should be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all the nations and that's what, we, that's what we're about, is being a testimony, being a witness to all the nations. And um, the word testimony in Greek is martyr, martyrium, which, which, kind of, which is where martyr comes from. So we're, we bear witness to the world by having a different way of thinking, by being you know, countercultural, where we're not just being uh, stirred up by Fox News or by CNN or it. Or any media source, any news feeds. We've got to watch out for that, right? Because many will come and will mislead many. And so we need to remember who, you know, who we're um, who we're standing before. So I wanted to read a little bit about um, some other scriptures about that lawless word, because like it says, lawlessness will increase, and the hearts, most people's hearts, will grow cold. And so, like, how do we avoid that? Like. Like if your heart is starting to grow cold, like how do we avoid that? And um, I, um, I had someone tell me today that um, they said, you know, um, I decided I'm nonviolent. I'm committed to nonviolence. I've been, he, this person had been following the Ukraine thing like crazy, like right from the very beginning, and just kind of been a news junkie. They said, I've decided that I'm committed to nonviolence. And as soon as I did that, my heart felt warm. This warmth came over my heart, and, and it's so strange. And, he's, and this person told me, um, you know, I was doing all these video games for a long time. Uh, Call of Duty and all these other video games where I was just uh, in much more hardcore, violent video games that, that he, this person got into. And, and they said that when they were doing it, they felt their heart getting twisted. They, they'd feel it would be 
twist and pain. They felt pain in their heart because they would get into the um, into the into the adrenaline of just like you know the shooting people on the video game and and it, and it would tell them you know you don't have very many kill your kill um, now kill numbers are down or something so you'd feel pressure to get the kill numbers up and um, and so this person decided to renounce the video games a while a while back and um, and so that's uh, you know what causes your love to grow cold you know what causes your heart to kind of harden up you know and 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 if there's things that make our hearts grow cold like one of the things it does for me is just reading too much uh, of negative news feeds it stirs up my it makes my heart become embittered towards maybe the opposite political side that i that i find disturbing to me or you know to different writers or people or thoughts i can get all stirred up and, and it causes my my love to be impacted you know it's like my love maybe just flees and it's just hatred that's in my heart right and so I wanted to read about how, what do we do to deal with that lawlessness that is, that's in us? And there's a really powerful scripture, Romans 4, 7. Blessed are those whose lawless deeds have been forgiven and whose sins have been covered. Blessed are those whose lawless deeds have been forgiven and whose sins have been covered. So we can have our lawless, our own lawless deeds forgiven. You know, when we... Uh, we're just ignoring that our conscience. We're voicing, ignoring the, what we what maybe we know in our hearts to be the right thing. Um, okay, when that's happening, we just confess it. Jesus, forgive me, you know, um, for letting uh, my my heart, my mind, be infected. You know, for for letting my love grow cold. Uh, free me, you know. Um, I I receive my forgiveness from you, from all of this, in the name of Jesus. Okay. Romans 6, 19. Let's look at what that one says. For just as you presented your members, your members of your body, your members of your hands, your feet, your, your body, as slaves to impurity and to lawlessness, do we ever present our bodies as slaves to lawlessness, you know, to impurity and lawlessness? Probably happens a lot all over the all over the place, right? Resulting in further lawlessness. Like when I present my members of my body to impurity and lawlessness, that results in further lawlessness. Okay. So now present your members as slaves to righteousness, resulting in sanctification. Sanctification means like becoming set apart, like holy. So we we go in the opposite direction. Of just presenting our, our our members of our body, our eyes, ears, nose, mouth, nose, mouth, imaginations, thoughts, you know, all of our body parts, right? We 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 give ourselves over um, as living sacrifices. Romans 12 talks about, you know, present your bodies as living sacrifices to God. So um, Titus 2:14 is another one um, that is super cool text. I'll start at verse 11, actually. For the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation to all people, instructing us to deny ungodliness and worldly desires and to live sensibly, righteously, and godly in the present age, looking for the blessed hope and the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Christ Jesus, who gave himself for us to redeem us from every lawless deed 
So he pays the post bail to kind of spring us free from the effects of every lawless deed. That's what the word ransom means, right? Just post bail, like. So he redeems us from every lawless deeds and purify for himself a people for his own possession. So his own people, that's what we're called to be is God's own people, not American citizens, not Ukrainian citizens, not Russian citizens, not that, all of that stuff, not Democratic Party members or Republican Party members or America First or Magna or just whatever it is, right? All of that is Antichrist. Okay, like being even giving ourselves over to uh, to another another false god other than the, the father. That's that's Antichrist. Yeah. Can you explain about the American flag and let people know that it's not God's flag? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think that when we put our hand over our hearts, I mean, we talk about the hardening of our hearts and our love growing cold. I think that's a complete act of idolatry myself. Our heart is the place where God's supposed to live. So why would I pledge my allegiance to the American flag? You know, I pledge my allegiance to, to my God over the United States of America. We taught our kids the alternative pledge. I pledge allegiance to my God over the United States of America and over all the world, right? And to Jesus, the Savior and the Christ. You know, one kingdom under God, you know, with liberty and justice for all. <laughs> <laughs> we, you know, the, our hearts need to be deconsecrated, away from the flag, and away from the nation. If our hearts aren't deconsecrated, de then we've got a demonic, there'll be a demonic power that'll be at work, pulling us in the direction of bowing before the flag and giving our lives to defend the homeland. Why would we give our lives to defend the homeland? We're supposed to be giving our lives, if anything, for Jesus and the kingdom of God, you know? Um, we talk about the ultimate sacrifice, which is giving your life for your country. That's a, that's a complete blasphemous thing to say, that that's the ultimate sacrifice. That's blasphemy, because the ultimate sacrifice is God's sacrifice of his son, Jesus. How can a soldier who gives his life be called the ultimate sacrifice? That's a complete blasphemous statement that needs to be renounced, I think. And Christians need to be at the forefront of repenting of that, not at the forefront of supporting it. So anyway, the heart... We have to guard our hearts. And so anyway, so I have, I, I, I believe we need to deconsecrate our hearts from, from having that idol um, declared over it of allegiance to a flag. Does and that answer your question, Julio? And the red and white stripes, like the red stripes are, are <clears throat> symbolic of blood. Yeah. Right, 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 right. Yeah, the 13 stripes, that's the 13 colonies. And yeah. so the, the red stands for the blood that was shed you know, I say this as someone who I'm a descendant of, of people that were the first settlers. My mom was a member of the Amer uh, of the Daughters of the American Revolution. So I, I know what I'm talking about about this, and I'm an Eagle Scout. So I've done this a thousand, hundred thousand times. I've pledged allegiance to the flag. And um, and I've, I've been under that power, and I've had to get free from it. And um, Ukrainians are in a dreadful situation because so many of them have given themselves over to their country. There's, the, there's a horrible kind of patriotism in the Ukraine right now. And we shouldn't get sucked into being, being backing it, you know, because it's, it's going to be, it, there's already a lot of lives that are being lost of Russians and of Ukrainians. And, and then there's people feeling pressured to go and to join up and to be part of that struggle. And, uh, and they will do that. And that's natural. But followers of Jesus, we got to be about another kingdom that is not of this world. Jesus says, my kingdom is not of this world. Otherwise, my 
uh, followers would fight. Okay, right? And, um, and, and so Jesus, uh, we are called to fight, but not with weapons, like not, not with AR-15s and, you know, whatever it is, right? Some grenade launchers and drones and, and, you know, all the other fancy equipment that, they're, that, that the West is giving to the Ukrainians right now. We need to be about the weapons of, you know, the sword of the spirit, the word of God. So anyway, um, I know that there's different opinions about this, but that's, that's what I believe. And uh, so I'm going to share it. And, uh, and there's room for us to have differences of opinion about that. We're not all at the same place, right? But that's where I've come to after seeing, um, after struggling my whole, my whole life. Um, as a kid, I would, I, was, I would panic about being drafted and thinking I'd have to go kill some, you know, someone like a Russian. And, uh, and my greatest fear was that I'd be sent to Siberia and be put into a camp where I'd have to renounce my faith in order to be reunited with my family. That's what I was told by my parents, right? Well, I've been to Siberia three times now and uh, to preach in the churches there. And, uh, and it was amazing. So I've been healed of a lot of that kind of fear of the Russians. And, you know, and, and we don't want to get into that mindset of hating Russians, of hating anybody. Um, right, we were about the love. Um, you know, the, the word love, you know, it says the lawlessness will increase and the love of most people will grow cold. The word grow cold is, the, is a verb that means like when you blow on something hot to make it go cold, like a bowl of soup or a cup of coffee. Like, so something growing cold, what's blowing on your love that's making it, that's, that's cool, that's cold, that's making your love grow cold. We don't want our love to grow cold. We want it to stay hot. Okay, so what do you think is going to cause or keep our love hot? Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. Yeah, and also confession of our sin and receiving forgiveness. Because if we've got a bunch of stuff that we're involved in and or that we just haven't really brought before God and said, hey, I lay this down, then it's going to be, it's going to be hurting us, right? And that's why these, these words about... Um, you know, about iniquity or whatever, lawlessness. So I'm going to read two more. Hebrews 10, 17. And then he says, and their sins and their lawless deeds, I will remember no more. So see, God, he forgets all of our sins and lawless deeds. He doesn't keep us, keep a record in his computer banks and, that make us a permanent felon or whatever it is, right? God, when we bring our sins before God, he forgets them and never remembers them again. He doesn't harbor anything against us. When we're clean before God, it's over, you know. We, we have a new start, and that new start can happen every day and throughout every day, right? So whenever we're relapsing into an old pattern of just uh, lawlessness, you know, just impurity and lawlessness, these kinds of things, whatever they want, whatever you want to call them, sin, you know, we confess our sins and he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Okay, so 1 John 3, 4 to 5 is the last text. Everyone who practices sin also practices lawlessness and sin is lawlessness. Okay, so every one of us are guilty of this, like you know that he, that is Jesus, appeared in order to take away sins, and in him there is no sin. 
So see, Jesus came to take away our sins. Isn't that cool? So that's one of the ways that I think that we're able to keep our love, um, heat up the love, you know, rather than have it grow cold, is that we don't let all of the stuff around the world stir us up and all the politics and everything stir us up. We keep our eyes fixed on Jesus um, and the kingdom of God. What does Jesus say? Don't worry about eat, what you eat, drink, put on. Seek first the kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you, right? Seek first. Um, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, right? This is another another remedy for our, our you know, just our hearts getting messed up. And um, I had a whole other sermon here, I think, but I think I'll have to save it for another time about the heart, because, you know, because I always think with the, the, the love growing cold is our heart, but it's really the word agape, it's that it's that word for like the most sacred godly love that's the love that grows cold um you know through the through just being exposed to the winds the cold winds of just uh lawlessness and violence and the mess you know the wars and the rumors of wars and all the worries that you know that assail us from just that kind of stuff right and we just gotta resist that so we can keep you know keep our our, our hearts in the right place Speaking of hearts, I got to tell you just one story. It's kind of cool. We were with this Russian guys, um, and uh, we were actually teaching on another thing that we studied in the Bible study on Wednesday, on Friday, um, about um, on, on Wednesday, the one about the heart. You know how our hearts become callous, right? Um, and the word of God can't come into a callous heart. You know, um, it's like the pavement. It's like that parable of the sower. And so, you know, the word of God is one thing that it, it bring, makes the love grow in us too, right? But anyway, we can have a callous heart. So suddenly I was, I was like, I think I'm supposed to pray for people's hearts, you know? Um, so I just said, if you feel like you have a callous heart, um, maybe we could just pray. And if you feel like you need your heart to be softened and your hearts become hard, so everyone, went, everyone put their hands on their hearts and so. And um, I mean, if you feel like your love has grown cold is, or is being under assault and, is, and you want your heart to heat up, you want the love to heat up, maybe we can pray for that right now too. But anyway, then I'm gonna tell you what happened to the Russians. So God, we just pray for our love to, uh, to just be, uh, to grow that agape, that pure, beautiful, godly love that it would, uh, heat up and that you'd show us any ways that that love is being uh, attacked just by hatred by just by the darkness and the chaos of the world just by our own behaviors we just pray that you would uh you would show us the lawlessness that we need to confess and help us to be able to be people that that receive your forgiveness and um and live as free free people who are forgiven and uh, we let you redeem us and let you wipe away all of our sins. And so just bless our hearts and protect them. And, um, and if we've given them over to idols of any kind, to money, to patriotism, to you know any sort of thing, we just ask that you would uh, forgive us and that you would, uh, we just wanna deconsecrate our hearts from any false allegiances 
any of us that you want to do that, you can just do that. We want to re-consecrate our hearts to you and, um, and our love. And we want to be about loving you with our whole heart, our whole mind, our whole soul, all of our strength. In Jesus' name, amen.